gentlemen, welcome to A. Thompson and Other Disappointments here on a Friday night. Uh, how's it going, people? Um, this is your twice-weekly podcast if you're into hearing about things. Uh, all things politics, dystopia, depression, awfulness. Uh, that's very much the vibe here. Uh, we take the news, we rant and roast, uh, we try to make sense of the senseless. And on occasion, on a Friday night, I may or may not be uh, joined by a, uh, by a guest. Uh, a cohort, somebody who I know, trust, and sometimes love, um, who can help me as I gallivant through these fields of uh, gallows humour. Um, tonight is a guested show, so on on Wednesdays, if if you haven't listened to this podcast before and you're just happening across it now, uh, Wednesdays is a solo show uh, where I just uh, sort of uh, riff on the news or sometimes just shout into the ether, in all honesty, whilst sipping a beer. Um, but Friday night's I get a guest on and uh, we we put the world to rights over a beer usually. Um, and tonight I'm super, super psyched to have a friend of mine. He's also a left-leaning voice on TikTok. Uh, he's my friend, Scott Williams. Woo! Hello. Scott, Hello. how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm magnificent. Uh, much better now than I was first thing this morning. I went out to a comedy night last night and ah. uh, I woke up with a bit of a thick head today. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm feeling much better and I'm back on the source again. Um, excellent. Excellent. I, w- I went out last night too, actually. I went out for a couple of drinks, but it literally was a couple. Um, so I was, I was actually in bed by question time. All right. Well, no need to rub it in. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like I, <clears throat> I don't manage to get out too much anymore these days. Um, but Thursday night is like my night kind of thing. Yes. So. Cause we shared a Thursday night. Yes. A couple of well, yes, you know this, don't you? But um, but yeah, Thursday nights tends to be my, like, I can let my hair down. You know, Lucy's at home with the kids. I just clock out of work and then I just go and meet you for a beer or I'll go and check out a comedy night or go and yeah. meet Danny fucking Price. But it's like the freedom goes to my head a little bit and I just, like, after the third beer, I'm like, well, fuck it. I think, you know, I deserve a fourth. And then, you know, <laughs> fall asleep on the train and come back stinking of beer and talking talking absolute shit at my girlfriend who is patient like the embodiment of patience when i come home the next day but, well this uh, is why i'm single i don't have to worry about such uh such a you know um dealing with other people i can kind of come in in my own stink and uh mm. and, and 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 um you can avoid the judgment can't you? yeah th- there's no judgment whatsoever, you know. I come and go as I please. Yeah, yeah. I sort of, I mean, that to me is a kind of fantasy now because, like, if it's like Lucy's very understanding and reasonable, but when my kids like want to chase around the the morning afterwards, I I I self judge. I'm like, oh, I should I should be running around with them, <laughs> but instead I'm like crabby and grumpy, and that's not cool. Um. Anyway, let's. Do you, do you think as they get older they'll see you as the crabby grumpy dad? Maybe. I mean, it does. It plays on my mind that do will they think that their father's personality is just, you know, hangover, just sort of <laughs> always grumpy, always short tempered, a bit snappy. But actually, you know, the days where I'm not hungover, which is most days, I might add, uh, yeah. you know, I'm fine. I'm, I'm actually quite an upbeat chap. But uh, <laughs> Well, as a comedian, one would hope that your kids would be laughing all the time. Well, I don't know. Right. So there's a John Bishop thing where he says comedians aren't funny at home no yeah well he's like i mean there is that like comedians are actually the most you know sort of depressive depressed people in the world yeah self-analytical people that you could ever have the misfortune of sharing a beer yeah. with but yeah, that's why i was it was it was a joke if anything but yeah yeah but like like john bishop does this thing where he's like he's you know he's this comedian and he sells out arenas and he does these big shows and he's won these awards and he's like but it, honestly it never matters what you've achieved in your life your kids will always think you're a tosser and i'm like yeah. i like at the moment i'm sort of my son's hero and my daughter fucking loves me but it's like i know it won't last it's just, like they're very young aren't they yeah but like what age does that stop at because i don't want it to stop i think i think it will probably i don't i mean i don't have kids myself um so i'm not an authority but i reckon when kids start worrying about what other kids think yeah probably at about the age of 11 or 12 
Yeah, I think if not sooner. Yeah, I was going to say it might be a bit sooner because I remember yeah. being like seven and being like Michael Jackson was my hero, and I wanted to be like Knight Rider. And I don't remember thinking at that time, <laughs> I want to be just like my dad. My dad's my hero. You know, no one thinks their parents are their hero unless they actually like save them from a fire or something. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, that's a nice way Set of looking at it. Thank you. Yeah. Say again. Set a fire and then save them, <laughs> and then you will be their hero. You yeah. saved my life, Daddy. I can never repay you. Yeah, that reminds me of that. I, have you ever seen the? Um, uh, it's quite an old series. Uh, Tan sometimes talks about it called Bottom with Rick Mail. Yes, I remember Bottom because I am a lot older than you. Oh, of course you are. But I don't know how long. How long have you been in the UK now? Thirty years this year. Okay. Oh well, you will remember it then, yeah. Yes. No, I do remember bottom. Yeah. And do you remember men behaving badly? Uh, yes. No, but I have to preface this with, I never really watched either. Mm. A lot. Okay. So I catch the occasional episode. Men behaving badly. I thought. I thought it was really immature, yeah. and I, I would watch it because I just saw these two man babies. Yeah you know, kicking off or, or shouting at their girlfriends or whatever. And I never found that particularly funny. Now, <clears throat> I'm not entirely sure why. I just, it, it just, something about it just didn't appeal to me. With Bottom, it was such a, it was a little bit more outrageous. Yeah. And uh, it was that, and, and I was still probably getting used to the British sense of humor. I think it took a long time mm. to understand and get used to the, the British sense of humor. And um, and I was I wasn't there yet. I think, and and if I'm not mistaken, Bottom really came out of the Young Ones, which I do know about as well. Yeah, that's right. Um, and 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 the episodes of the Young Ones I saw did make me laugh. I did find those funny. Yeah. Uh, so I think there was a little part of me that just kind of wished Bottom was the Young Ones, and was disappointed that it wasn't. I think it's like it was slightly. Um... Like so, I I only started watching sitcoms like that, sort of more grown up stuff, uh, when Bottom was like just just wrapping up, I think, for the last season series. Um, whereas the Young Ones was a bit further back from me. Like I was aware it was of it. A, a but... bit more eighties, wasn't it? Yeah. But you could watch it on certain uh, channels when we run it, um, and I I had friends who obviously grew up in the eighties who loved it as teenagers kids whatever mm. and so they you know they would tell me oh you gotta watch it because this guy named vivian is a punk and he's really funny yeah you know what i mean and and and, and you know it, it kind of came from that really yeah i know that there's one guy who's like a, a lefty student and uh he's really funny and you know it's like yeah so the, the reason i bring these up is because there's a, a sort of a comedy uh not trait trope I, I don't know what the right word is but a, a thing that they wheel out right in in scripts for these things where somebody uh hires an actor to pretend to be a bully so that then they can come in and sort the bully out and look like a bit of a tough man right yeah that is a comedy trope yeah so they so the kids will think that they're hard yeah and yeah. i'm like you you know a second ago you were saying about oh you should start a fire and then save start them from... a fire and save your children yeah yeah maybe i should do something like that i, I mean starting a fire seems extreme i'm gonna say that now <laughs> Well, yeah, it is. Uh, and also, as as a kid in a house fire, uh, once upon a time, yeah, uh, I was um, I think it was about eleven years old. Right. Um, it's actually a quite traumatic uh, traumatic experience, and uh, I wouldn't suggest it. Yeah. And so this is really interesting. Let let me put my psychiatrist cap on for a second. So your house actually caught fire when you were eleven, which is the time when you say you stopped feeling like your dad was your hero. <laughs> well, my dad it. was gone at that point. He left when I was eight. Oh, shit. This and, is a way um, sadder story than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, I'm just telling you the truth. Sure. And, uh, you know, what happened? We were living in a... Um, a any Americans that listen to this, we live in a one-up, one-down. Um, and uh, my mom left the oil for the fries on oh fuck after she had taken the fries out yeah um so that went up in flames yeah, yeah. 
of what as we ran past the kitchen in a bathrobe. Yeah. And a pair of boxers. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ran past the. I mean, the flames just were just flying out of the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, um, it was terrifying. I Absolutely bet. terrifying. Yeah. So it wasn't. It wasn't the funnest experience. No. Uh, so if yeah, ever we, there was to be an advocate for uh, smoke alarms and shit on this show, then it would be you. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Considering uh, you know, I used to be a massive smoker. So. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I, I think, uh, yeah, that, that's what I think will, will actually damage the mind a little bit. I'm not good with fire. Yeah. Today. Uh, campfires. Really? Not, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not cool with that. I don't like fireworks. Yeah. I get um, that it must have been incredibly traumatic. And it's like, a, you know, it's a younger life experience. But it's interesting that even in sort of safe environment or, you know, as safe as you could expect to be like how a, safe is a campfire though well campfires or like bonfires it could start a whole it could start a whole forest fire mm. and before you know it people's houses are burned down yeah but would you go so would you go to like a bonfire night thing i really wouldn't enjoy that no interesting no, it wouldn't be something that i would I would find um I I'd I'd be in the back the whole time. Yeah. I wouldn't be anywhere near the fire. Yeah. Like uh, you'd, you'd be like sort of nervously like shifting over to wherever the fire yeah, extinguisher yeah. is, just like that's exactly, I'm, I, I feel well, that's safe. Very here. Nice. Yeah. It's a very nice little flame you have going on there. That's great. And then if it got just a little too big, I would I would probably make my excuses. Yeah. And Fair. Go home. I mean I'm yeah. I'm interested in this, but like so my early life experience and like later life fear is way more ridiculous. It's like my parents split up. My mum took me and my brother, flew us over to South Africa because that's where her mu- her mum was. Uh, so she takes me and my brother. We're over there in this foreign country. I get my bucket and spade because it's, you know, it's a hot place and we're always at the beach. I, I pick up my bucket and spade and I walk past this bush and this butterfly flies into the bush and I twat the bush with my spade and then this, I don't even know what the right word is, a flock of butterflies, a nest of butter, whatever it was, flew, like all of it flew out into my face. And ever since then, I was four then, terrified of butterflies. Can't fucking handle like them. Like the most, what, what one would say the most placid of insects. Mm. And the most graceful, right? I can see that. And like whenever people try to sort of, you know, talk people some sense into it. People hold them on their fingers and shit. Like, yeah. You know, like, because they're, they're that placid, they're not the sort of insect to run away from you. Yeah. Right? I can't handle it, though, man. I, I just can't. That's, it's... that's something. That's yeah. Something. I, you know, I've met many people with many different weird fears. I have a friend who's scared of celery. Really? Yeah. He's like, frightened of it. But then even that, like, so, you know, here I am telling you how ridiculous my phobia of butterflies is, and I totally understand that it is a ridiculous phobia to have, but still, even though I'm contextualizing phobias with my own ridiculousness, hearing that someone is scared of celery, to me, sounds batshit. <laughs> yeah. Comple- yeah, completely. But they don't like anything about it. The yeah. texture bothers them. You know, and it's like a pe- well, like people who don't like cotton wool. I never yeah. understood that. Yeah. No, I don't there get are people it. that are like, actually terrified of cotton wool yeah they're terrified of the feel of it may being made to feel it yeah yeah nutty right let's get on to some news man because this is yeah. like i could talk to you all night about like any number of things i'm sure uh but let's let's try and keep um somewhat topical in terms of what's going on out there <clears throat> and what has been going on out there this week yeah. so bizarrely one of the biggest news stories this week uh was that the prime minister rishi sunak has been pictured <laughs> or pictured himself, videographed himself in the back of this fucking chauffeur-driven car, not wearing a seatbelt, right? Which is, in and of itself, is kind of a non-story. It's like, I don't give a fuck if the PM isn't wearing a seatbelt in the back. Like, if anything, good. Like, if I was... Because he might get into an accident, (laughs) and he might not exist anymore. Yeah. And um, that, I can't see being too much of a problem. No, I wish no harm on uh, actual human beings. Don't get me wrong. But um, in all seriousness, if I'm not mistaken, just before coming on here tonight, 
yeah. he has actually been issued with a fixed penalty notice for it. Yeah, that's right. And this sort of takes us back. It's, it's like echoes of Partygate again because at the he's, height, he's the set, like as the prime minister, he has had two. No, he's not. As, as prime minister, he's had one. But as a member of government, he's had two fixed penalty uh, notices. Yeah, yeah, and that's, it's that's something. But it's crazy, isn't it? Because he's like his crime if you like this week and i suppose it is it is a crime um his crime this week is that he hasn't worn a seatbelt in the back of a car whilst it's being dr driven which is against the law and fine he gets a fixed penalty notice but the attention is all on him and this fucking seatbelt meanwhile nadim zaharway has avoided tax 3.7 million has had and to it. settle privately and yet this is being overlooked not just by the media but by rishi sunak himself he's like well yeah, I'll just let the, he can carry Whatever. on being a minister. It's fine. It's a private affair with one of my ministers. It's not something for me to get involved. Well, you know, I was actually talking about the very thing with the seatbelt with a friend of mine on the phone earlier, um, who it was actually a good um, way of, uh, of talking a little bit of politics before I came on here tonight. Sure. And, uh, and, and, and then, you know, as I was getting ready, he was texting me and he went, the, 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 I can't pronounce his name properly. Say it for me real quick. Oh, Nadim Zahaway? Nadim Zahaway, sorry. Yeah. And he um he he said, fucking hell, like he's been buying all this money. And I and I I, I said to him, I said, the seatbelt is a distraction. Mm. Yeah. The seatbelt is something that work up the tabloids over nothing. Right? Yeah. It's to get people talking about nothing instead of talking about something that's actually very serious that if anybody else did they'd mm. be in prison yeah they would they would be arrested for that it's... and and that you know this is what all these little silly stories sometimes i feel are very much distractions from something that's actually real that's going on that is really corrupted you know yeah yeah you're right it's sort of dead cat after dead cat isn't it um, Who gives a shit about a seatbelt? Who gives yeah. a shit about a, 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 a fixed penalty fine? I mean, it angers me. Yeah. It fucks me off that, that this country can have two ex consecutive prime ministers. Oh, no, I, was gonna, I forgot about this trust. Sorry. But we can have two <laughs> prime ministers in the space of a year <laughs> Yeah. get fixed penalty notices. Yeah. I mean, These it's... are supposed to be our leaders. These are supposed to work. They really are supposed to be a little bit higher than we are in the sense of their behavior. Yeah, their standards, their conduct. Yeah, it's nutty in the sense that, yeah, so you've had Boris Johnson who's been fined. Now you've got Rishi Sunak who was fined before and is now getting another fixed penalty notice. And yes, to just to sort of, um, I guess, wrap up neatly what you're tapping into there, it's like... I know it seems silly to demand that, let's say, he resign over not wearing a seatbelt. I understand that that's a little bit far-fetched or, or whatever, but uh, you're right. There is, there's an expectation that people in public roles like his hold themselves to a higher standard. They get, you know, cushy, gold-plated pensions. They fuck off on speaking tours. The least that they could do is sit within a legal framework for the four <laughs> or five years that they that they're right. actually working in Whitehall before they fuck off and make a load of money. If you're going to kill your wife, wait until you're not the prime minister. You know what I'm saying? Well, and then, I, I, you know, <laughs> then I'm not going <laughs> to... You know what I'm saying? It's like, if you're going to break the law, do it maybe afterwards. Not yeah. whilst you're supposed to be setting an example for the country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is like, we're, we're basically at the point now where... Somebody like Rishi Sunak can get a fixed penalty notice, which probably would have been a resigning offence like 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Not even that, 10 years ago. Yeah, like the idea that a prime minister, a serving prime minister, while in office has broken the law and can now be sort of symbolised as, as a lawbreaker and... Um, and actually have it spun yeah. so that it's... It's well, you know, um, the average Joe gets fined for speeding and 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 all sorts of traffic offenses all the time. He's just like the average person, and that and and that's a way to 
again convince especially uh um working class voters that these people are the same as them even though they're yeah. not you know what's like something's just occurred to me though that's quite funny is so he's been getting a lot of flack a lot of scrutiny for the last two or three weeks over how much he travels by air because he's trying to like escape the train fit like a lot of people are saying do you know what if if it takes too long getting a train to these different towns up north maybe that's a sign that you need to sort out the fucking rail in this country especially up in the midlands and north right so there's that so then to escape that criticism he's like all right this time i'll travel by car make sure you film me in the back of a car make sure you <laughs> right and and there's just an argument i have with my friend did he do that is it deliberate i think it was a little deliberate again something to distract away from the big story this you know this minister who has had to pay our tax system millions yeah. of times yeah so was there an advisor going, you know what, Rishi, we're in the car, don't wear a seatbelt, let's see what happens. I don't or, or are the people running our country so fucking stupid that they, they literally didn't think to I possibly think... put on a yeah. seatbelt? Do they feel themselves so above the law yeah. that they, you know, and, and it, I think somewhere in the middle is the truth. But yeah. I think it's like the average Joe being you were not going to know. There's there's a saying, uh, and I will now butcher it because I can't remember exactly how it's worded, but it's like along the lines of uh, d- like, don't att- attempt to explain with uh, conspiracy theories that which can be uh, explained by, in this case, cretiny, right? Yeah. yeah. So. I think Only it's an advisor in the car at the time is going to know. Well, I think it's more it's likely a that out, a book twenty years from now, yeah, on Audible. <laughs> it's possible, oh, right? It doesn't matter. It's possible that an advisor is a bit hooky and deliberately set him up to get him in trouble. But I think it's more likely that we have a ferociously high risk, low caliber cabinet and prime minister. And they just overlook like they are used to breaking the rules. And they like the idea of having to sit there and adhere to a seatbelt restriction whilst you what you actually want to do is do my slick new video content thing. Like that's what he's interested in doing. Um so he does what he wants to do. He breaks the rules. It's like they don't apply to him. That's just for the little people. Blah blah blah. Um, wow. I think it's more likely that he did that, and that his advisors were like, "Yeah, okay, cool." Like they just it was like oversight, and yeah. now it's come back to bite him in the ass. He's probably like read the riot act at whoever it, whoever's idea it was to do that video in the back of the thing. Yeah, um, but ultimately, it's his fault and problem it's isn't just, it? it, you know he's the one that's actually doing it so you know it's a he, and and again in that that is in itself an example of decision making that he is having to do for very very serious worldwide implicating things mm. so if he can't get that right that's a really good point yeah how is he making decisions for our country it's yeah and, and he can't make the decision as to whether to wear a seatbelt or not. Well, it's also a, a question of optics, isn't it? It's like if you are looking at the world currently geopolitically through the prism of Putin, Ukraine, uh, natural gas shortages, uh, the ongoing threat or expanding threat of China, and then you come back to the UK and you see this is the guy who's leading the British effort, as it were, uh, do we think, can anyone, Tory or Labour, can anyone credibly say that Vladimir Putin or Xing Chi, I hope I'm saying his name right, would look at somebody like Rishi Sunak and go, oh, fuck, like, we better not upset him, lads. Like, he's, I imagine he's a fucking laughing stock, like, overseas. I think, he's, I think we as a country have been a laughing stock outside of this country for a very long time. Do you think? It's getting, you know, we, when we, we look at things like, um, one thing that me and you have in common is, is our TikTok presence. Mm. And and I watch TikTok probably more than I actually produce content for it. Mm. Americans are starting to try to make fun of us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And 
it, 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 and that to me sort of screams that we really must be doing something wrong. Even if the Americans don't 100% get it right and we can kind of come back and say, uh, all right, slow your roll, yeah. uh, America, before <laughs> you start making fun of anybody else, like clean up your own house. But uh, they they feel they have the audacity to do it. Yeah. And that's because the other European countries have been laughing at us since we left the European Union. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And, that, and that's just the truth of it. I think Z, Xi or Z or whatever his name is and Putin, they look at Rishi Sunak and they're like, you know what, we'll just continue doing what we're doing because this isn't anything we need to really worry about. Yeah, I think if, you're if he right. he was concerned about the world leaders of, of the Western world, Putin, he wouldn't have invaded a European country. He is clearly not concerned. He thinks we're a joke. Yeah. He looked at Boris Johnson, but he's not going to do shit. Yeah. Well, there's various reasons and theories why Boris Johnson wouldn't have uh, done shit. Done shit. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, he, he's been chatting up all his mates. Um, and and, and, the, and the, the dodgy connections with Russian money. Yeah. Um, but, we, we, again, if Putin was actually frightened of the West, he wouldn't have actually, he wouldn't be doing what yeah. he's doing He's not scared of the West at all. I know. And I don't think we've still, as this were a year into this Ukrainian war, we've still not really given him a reason to be fucking frightened. Yeah. Yeah. It's we've crazy, done, isn't it? In, in theory, we've done per, not a lot. Mm. We've cut off their funds and we've sent over a few weapons, which is just holding them back just a little bit. But if we wanted to really scare the shit out of Putin, NATO would have gotten together and gone, okay. Yeah. You know, and come in and... I'm surprised that nobody's taken him out yet. You know? I am too. Very, very... Considering if Donald Trump can take out some um, Iranian um, uh, uh, general yeah. who would drone strike, yeah. don't tell me you can't take Putin out. I suppose the reason they're not doing it, and you know, I I don't know what that is, I, but there has to be a reason they're not doing it because I've heard, yeah, now, you know? I've heard like sort of little tidbits and theories from people where they say if the U.S., for example, led some sort of Navy SEAL, you know, Osama bin Laden style like execution on Putin. Uh, it would be seen as literally an act of war. And because Russia have a shit ton of nukes, there, you know, you would expect there to be some sort of clapback with that. So I've heard well, that. Though, if Putin's dead, who's doing it? Well. His, his mate, his, you know, his chancellor, his, uh, his vice president, are they just going to go, you know what? They killed Putin, who started an illegal fucking war. I don't think the people around him are that enthused about what he's doing. Well, see, that's quite an assumption. Like, there's there, there are a lot of... But they're out there defending it. There's no doubt yeah. about that. So Putin is, is way more popular than I think people think in Russia because he controls its, like, state-managed TV. So it's, it's not quite North Korea because they still have the internet and, and whatever, but... Do you think that the Russians would demand a retaliation if um, Putin was taken out? Uh, it's... It's hard to say, isn't it? Because I imagine Russians probably do not want a nuclear war just as much as we do not want a no. nuclear war. But no, no, I'm not even talking about a nuclear war. I think um, they would I'm want... About if people were actually sensible and did not fire nukes at each other. But I think they would want somebody like, you know, Biden or uh, Rishi Sunak hauled in front of The Hague or, or whatever. But then, I don't know, you know, you could make a case that, well, Putin should be hauled in front of The Hague, so who... <laughs> well, I mean, that's what Zelensky's been saying from the beginning. Yeah. Everything is, is a war crime. Mm. You know, we need, we need The Hague. We, after this war is done, he's going to be up, you know, he's going to be up in front of them. Yeah. Um, he's still alive because we keep hearing the rumors as well that he's very ill and all this. And in a way, we're all kind of waiting for him to drop dead. Yeah. Um, you well, know, there was some a cancer that apparently he has, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of people saying, like, at the beginning of the conflict, oh, he doesn't look well, you know, he looks quite gaunt. And I saw a few tweets from people who at least proclaimed to be medical professionals, and they were like, 
uh, I've dealt with patients of X, Y, and Z for 30 years, and I can tell you that he's not a very well man. I, I used to see patients looking like him about six months before they passed away, and, right. you know, I... So it's sort of in in, in the nicest way possible. It gets your hopes up because you think, well, at least maybe the world will reapproach stability once he's gone. There'll like, be a rebalance when that happens. But yeah, or, nothing's happening. Or the, or the Russians are going to bring in somebody into power who is just as, if not even, fucking crazier than Putin. Well, this is the the thing. Like, there's no guarantee that. Yeah, it's a question. There's no guarantee that exiting Putin. Uh, is going to result in some sort of fucking, you know, Justin Trudeau, like, yeah, like, Jacinda Ardern of Russia. Like, it's 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 a one-party state for all intents and purposes. Uh, he's been in power for, how, 20 years now? Something like that? Stupid like that, yeah. Um, it's really, I mean, the trajectory that Russia's been on over the last, and look, I'm not an academic of Russian history, but from what I've gleaned from various articles and documentaries and stuff, it seems as though... So Putin became, he was originally prime minister and then he became president and gave all the, you know, domestic politics stuff to somebody else to look after while he is Vladimir Putin on the world stage and takes care of the strategic geopolitics. Um, But it's, it's a stepping stone, like at each juncture where he gains more power and more power and more money and hives off billions to this guy to hide in his account and hives off a few billion to that and liquidates this publicly funded industry um like that that was the whole oligarch thing was all of these publicly funded things like our equivalent of you know water utility companies and the bbc or whatever like over there these things were just fucking sold off to people at rock bottom prices and then they would sell them and make fucking billions yeah and it it gets you thinking like when you read about this stuff you're like we're only like everyone always we're two steps away from it yeah everyone subscribes to this sort of british exceptionalism uh take on it where it's like that would never happen here but we're actually i think boris johnson was incredibly close to it yeah if it, if it very and I, I know that sounds ridiculous but he was he has such a sycophantic fan base yeah and he he could have ascended to that and and i think the possibility of the re- part of the reason sorry that he is gone is because others saw that happening yeah i think donald trump that was his i think that was donald trump's goal yeah absolutely an ascendancy of power to that extent and i think he always looked up to putin because of that yeah, and, and I think he still holds on to that dream. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Like everyone draws parallels between Trump and Johnson, uh, and but it's like even you can see it now. Like they are essentially the same figure, cast in the same play, just put on in different theaters, if you like. So you have Boris Johnson, who was ejected from power before he wanted to be, and flew back do you remember when he flew back from his holiday early to try and get into the uh leadership race when oh, rishi oh. sunak was going for it uh and then it turned out he didn't have the right numbers and so he had to re- begrudgingly pull out right but then two weeks ago uh a guy i forget his name now he's a big it uh hundreds of millions of pounds in the bank big it magnate he's donated a million pounds to boris johnson uh, thinking that if he funds this guy, he could have a shot getting back into number 10. Like, Johnson absolutely harbours an aspiration to become leader of the Conservatives again, evidenced by attracting these donations to come in and fund his office, but also by him travelling to Davos for the World Economic Forum this week and swanning around Which like he's he still... wasn't even probably invited to, yeah. or if he was invited, he, like, he has no actual power. Yeah. It's like, why is anyone listening to this motherfucker? When, like, you right. understand he's not the prime minister anymore. Like, why is he even here? And in the same way, Donald Trump ejected from power before he wanted to be and cannot accept that and is still trying to get back in there. And I think you're right. I think they both have this feeling that if they become prime minister or become president, somehow they can vote a disenfranchise or they can create political mechanisms that stop the opposition from functioning properly and they well, will become exactly an emperor he, this is exactly what johnson tried to do yeah he, he, the, the uh the voter id um he did it with um there was a couple other things he was doing as well uh 
the the protesting mm. um you know this the these these sort of actions the the, the is exactly probably coming from the Putin playbook yeah it's well it's 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 a right wing playbook somewhere that has these sort of things that, uh, but again until we get a left leading government who's to say that Kirstov is not going to try to do the same thing you know yeah uh, but at the at the yeah the only time will tell I think yeah uh I mean I have my reservations about Keir Starmer, but I do get the feeling so that Very much. at least at this stage he seems he appears to be a bit more on planet earth about that kind of stuff uh, he feels like unfortunately he feels like the adult in the room however there are a few things that he has said and done recently that i'm just not vibing with right now and i know i sound like a 12 year old saying that but i i i just the 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 silence on the gender recognition um right. uh, blocking was to me a massive red flag absolutely right. massive red flag the labor party has always stuck up for the marginalized and to not stick up for the margin to have most MPs abstain on the vote, I think that's absolutely not right. I get why he did it, though. I understand why he did Can it. Can you he explain? Because I'm not fully across that. I think he is trying to get the conservatives to hang themselves. Right. Yeah? Because the more the conservatives and the SMP are fighting, the more ground the labor can obtain by going, well, look at these two fucking idiots, <laughs> you know, and that, yeah. that, you know, that, that I think that's what the, that's the strategy. Um, but at the same time, I think principle should have come into it on this occasion. Mm. Uh, there's plenty of more uh, things that the Tories are hanging themselves on in the first place. Um, you know, this is, this was about people mm. and this was about uh, a, a, a very, uh, marginalized and uh, vulnerable section of our society. Yeah. Uh, Do you think there's so, an element of um? Your camera's gone, mate. Oh, is it? I can still, I can Two still see me and you. Uh, maybe it's just Skype being a bit of a shit. Yeah. Um, anyone listening to this or watching this will be thinking, uh, wow, they still I, use I Skype. Say, like, a weirdo. Um, I, I honestly can't. Yeah, that. it's still showing, still showing me on my end. Um, if you can handle me audio only at your your side, we can carry on. Okay, yeah, sure, yeah. I guess so. It's, I don't understand what's going on. That's weird. Um, there was like a reaction as well, and I'm like, what? Why is there? What's this reacting? I didn't do that. Oh, was, that's but... that is me, right? So I think I may have just tapped on that. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, do you think there's an element of, uh, and I appreciate how this is going to sound coming from a straight white middle-class sounding at least guy from the home counties yeah. um but it's i'm saying this with the best of intentions uh, and and greatest yeah. of respect so is there an element of uh that with gender self-determination uh that this is something this is a clause or a policy that is going to benefit actually quite a narrow percentage of people uh and and reflect a very very tiny percentage of people i think from memory i'm sure i'm getting this wrong but it's somewhere around like 0.1% of people uh identify as trans mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and so in the context of trying to get the biggest majority you can your policies if you're Keir Starmer and your sound bites and your speeches will reflect the broad topic so that means uh nailing Tories to the floor about the state of the NHS. That means uh, trying to get them to show their true colours on private education, and that means um, I don't know showing that they're they're detached. Like these messages that they're trying to ham hammer home in the press and at the House of Commons. Uh, trans and gender self determination do not really fit into that. Although I agree, like I'm supportive of the policy, and I. I would prefer that Labour were vocally supportive of it, but is there a possibility that they've just made a calculation that they're like, 
look, we can talk about this, but not now. This is actually, comparatively, what this is, is a culture war thing that the Tories are trying to drag us down into and roll around in the mud with them, and we're not getting into it. So kind of similar to what you were saying, he's just letting them crack on with their own culture war thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, my, my point was, was I see what they have done mm. in that sense. I, I see it, right? I just don't, I think there was a, um, but one of the, to me, from what I always understood of the Labour Party, yeah. it was to stick up for the little person. Yeah. And I don't think we can get as little as any more little um, than, 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 than this marginalized group, which is being vilified. Yeah. Um, and there has to be, if not now, when mm. will there be the moment where we go, all right, this has got to stop now. Yeah. Because these people really aren't harming anybody, mm. uh, and and as much as you have, uh, which I I personally think is a very vocal minority, they're just a very loud minority of people who are uh, uh, who don't want to believe in it, don't want you know uh, uh, choose choose to be uh, prejudiced or bigoted in some way towards this. Mm. Trying people um or just genuinely scared could be that uh, yeah this, just sort of um, ignorance this, this, this boogeyman yeah uh, like othering the, the boogeyman of the uh cisgendered men uh dressing up as women to access female spaces mm. um my friend uh stoff came out with a good observation on that the other day I, i'm sure like maybe it's been said elsewhere before i don't know but Probably. he sent me um he sent me a voice note where he was like isn't it weird how the right-wing take on trans rights focuses almost entirely on this idea that a rapist might dress up as a woman to gain access to a toilet to go in and like what like a changing room or so and he was just like does he really think that rapists who like are breaking the most serious law out there that they've been holding back because they're not allowed into a fucking changing room. Is that really, you know, yeah. I saw a creator uh, this week who described the invisible force field of the door to the women's toilets. Mm. Um, you know, it, 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 it's ridiculous. Yeah. Same it's thing. Right? Man. Yeah. It's, um, it's something for women who have very much wrongly been attacked and yeah. hurt um, by men. Um, it's giving them something to fear um, and 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 turning them into unknowingly turning them into into bigots. Mm. Um, but we we have people like the uh, Posey Parker today who uh, this week who was literally quoting Mein Kampf. Yeah. Um, well, interestingly, so when you were saying a minute ago about um, uh, uh, like a Trump and Johnson borrowing from like the Putin playbook. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking like, I mean, it's it's maybe Putin is is maybe some of these ideas are Putin's. I don't know. But like a lot of it goes back to that kind of uh, Gorbals. Uh, guy it's like you know sow the fear of like the other into the people make uh, them think that this other type of person is like is just an animal so just refer to jews as though they're like rats and like a lot of the same stuff gets weird i mean we saw it with katie hopkins when she was still writing articles and appearing on god knows what uh when she was referring to literally the most desperate people trying to make that crossing as like wasn't it like sink sink the ships and like um there's a swarm coming and uh, we need a final solution of and... immigrants the yeah. uh, the invasion uh the uh you know uh so many right-wing pundits were were and, and journalists were saying and describing it as this and uh, and and we had 
uh, talking about what topics for this week. We had the 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 woman that was the survivor of the Holocaust right. who tried to pull up yeah, yeah. and our home secretary and say the rhetoric you are using is Nazi rhetoric. Um, you, it's copied and and she bold as brass stood there and went, I am not apologizing for this. Yeah, I know. that is terrifying. And, right, so here's the thing about that. It would have, it would have been so much easier for Braverman to have just said, look, I understand what you're saying, Mm. and I'm, it's very unfortunate that your family have gone through certain experiences that when certain words are used politically and sensationalized by the media, that that generates um uh images and connotations of what took place in the 1930s and 1940s i'm really sorry that that's happened um and then if she said like i will try to do better in the future but in the cut and thrust of politics unfortunately sometimes things get a bit carried away but i'll try i will try to do better if she had just said that she would have come off as like she would have given herself space to still say stuff because you know the cut and thrust isn't going to go away but she also would have acknowledged that and shown a little bit of empathy without looking too quote unquote woke right but she didn't do that and yeah. as, as you're correctly tapping into there it's like bold as brass it's it's puzzling like why somebody would pride taking or trying to take a stand against and ostensibly a, a holocaust uh holocaust survivor um to try and make them to, to to come out on top of that like you can't win that argument this woman has the moral high ground and you're making yourself look like a douche but and you still stood there and mm. said i'm not apologizing yeah you might as well have been adolf hitler yourself yeah that's how i saw it um and and that 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 was absolutely shocking to me more shocking than you know a minister owing the hmrc millions of pounds more shocking than uh rishi sunak not wearing a seatbelt those things uh, you, you you almost expect those things from tory politicians because they're so fucking corrupt and yeah privileged. but for a woman who is literally a child of immigrants yeah. to say yeah, I said those things and I'm not apologizing. Yeah. To a survivor of the Holocaust. This you, is it. You, that's what we need to be worried about. That's what we should be concerning ourselves with. Well, it's... That is the rhetoric and the uh, policies that this government are trying to implement and it's evil. Mm. Yeah. And it's sort of, it kind of speaks to this idea. So what you said before about, so she's a child of immigrants, Pretty Patel is a child of immigrants, and yet both of them fully on board with these kind of mean-spirited policies, anti-immigrant yes. policies. Yes. Um, I think somebody wrote somewhere that if if both of their policies had been implemented at the time, her, yeah, their parents would have never made it over. No, no, uh, so it just been, shows, yeah. It's, it's weird. It is weird, isn't it? It's like a it's sort of a complete lack of compassion, obviously, but a yeah. lack of self-awareness for their familial roots. Yeah. Um, but it also, I'll tell you what it shines a light on to me, is, is it, it, shows, it shows people that, like how important the Blitz, World War II, fighting Hitler, the Battle of Britain, all of that stuff that they wank their dicks limp over, uh, for us for people like us we look back at that time and we're like yeah like they were oppressing a type of uh, uh, a, a subset of people um they murdered four million of them um and we stood stood up for them and we won that war and that's something to be proud of because it was good triumphing over evil the end that's what we think of when we think of the blitz and and that period yes. uh, for them I I think the fact that they subscribe to these policies and use the rhetoric that they do, I think it suggests that none of that actually means anything to them. World War Two, in their minds, is literally just we won. Yeah, we won. We're Britain. Yeah, We're better. The uh, ex, ex, ex um, exceptionalism mm. that you spoke of earlier—it's very that. Um, but you know, the I don't. I find it hard to believe that these women were not brought up in families where their culture was a big part of their growing up. Mm. 
you know, because especially a uh, first generation, you know, um, the parents would have probably felt it very important. Again, at this point, we're just, we, you know, we're, we're speaking for, um, you know, uh, another, another, uh, you know, minority that, that I'm not a part of. But um, here's something, but... here's something problematic, which I'll probably get, uh, get some shit for saying, but like, you know how like right wingers are always like, you know, I don't mind them coming over here, but they have to integrate. You know, that's a, a trope that gets wheeled out. As, as, I don't mind it when they come over, but they've got to integrate, right? They've got yeah. to speak the language. They've got to become like British, you know? And you could say <laughs> that these two, I mean, could you imagine more Anglo-sized children of immigrants than <laughs> than people that grow up to well, be horrendous fucking racist? So much they joined in with the racism that they're victims <laughs> of. <laughs> They're fully I mean, the irony isn't lost on me, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they really have become English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, That's the bad shit part of it. Yeah. Let's talk That's for a minute about... Because we've been... To, oh, my God, we've been chatting away for, for almost an hour already. Um oh way. Let's just... Uh, let's let's spend the last 10 minutes talking about um, Andrew Tate, shall we? So he's in the news Andrew again. Andrew Tate. Okay. Yeah. So he's still I'm in... I'm going to maybe 30p Lee, but all right. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, we can talk about 30p Lee if you like. He's... You know, um... I'm cool talking about Andrew Tate as well. I think, I think, um, I think it's an important topic. Yeah. Well, so the only reason I bring him up is because... Um, uh, so he's still in a prison cell, and all yeah. of his survivor, uh, survivors, all of his supporters, um, are still wheeling out the oh, you know, the Matrix is coming down hard on him, and the Matrix is punishing him, and uh, but it's just it's just been revealed that he was privately messaging these sixteen year old Romanian girls and trying to solicit them, and uh, and I'm just like like how long will this support last for? Like how long? It can't be that long. And to, and look, I don't want to get slapped with a libel or a slander order or anything. But this is feeling like it's going to end up in like under sixteen year old territory. To me, I don't know. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it does. Um, uh, uh, you know, because sometimes the way of the world and the way of these things, um, you know, a lot of human trafficking does mm. involve underage um, uh, children. Um, so here's the thing, right? Here's a question. Yeah. Do you think all of the talk about like the matrix shit was him pre manipulating uh, grooming media effectively to like to preempt the kind of shit he would like he knew he was up to some of this stuff, so he thought, if I weave this narrative about the matrix and about how you know people are gonna try and cancel me and destroy me and if I if I sow that narrative, then when it definitely happens, then I've all my supporters, all, all of my little you know student fuckboys, will all be like, yeah, man, look, he predicted this shit. It's like, yeah, because he fucking he knew what he's doing. Yeah, idiot. I think the the short answer to your question is yes. Yeah, I never thought of it like that. Um, it didn't occur to me. The moment, as you've been saying it, it makes 100% sense. Yeah. Well, Use it's... social media to cover up the bullshit that you're doing yeah. by making people believe that when you get caught for doing it, that it's some sort of conspiracy. I mean, we live in a time of conspiracy. We live in a time where conspiracy seems to be uh, gaining more traction than truth. Mm -hmm. And... Um, how clever, mm. you know, um, but it's... That, that, if that is the case, I mean, you have to give him almost props for being so fucking clever about it. Like well... what I'll do is I'll gaslight every 16 year old in, um, the Western world to think that, um, you know, I'm being victimized in some way when I get done for the crimes of me victimizing people. Yeah. Yeah, it's like sort of is it, there's a projection element to it. There's a one hundred percent. I think every everything we talked about the um in, in regards to when we talked about Donald Trump, when we've talked about Boris Johnson, a lot of the things they said have been projections of their own behavior. Yeah, yeah. Well, particularly with Donald Trump, where 
100%. He was saying, you know, oh, Donald Trump was admitting his crimes by accusing others of them. Yeah. Like the election, uh, like, oh, they're trying to steal the election. Like, no, motherfucker, you're the one standing outside the White House trying to st like stop the count because it's not so, going your so way. The, the truth of it is, if you look back at what happened with that, um, you can date that back to probably February of uh, 2020, where he was saying in press conferences, this election will be stolen from me. This will be a fraudulent election. He was mm. saying it months before the election actually happened. Yeah. He was preempting it the whole time. He told every, I mean, we say what we want about Donald Trump. There's a lot of things we could say about him, but he told everybody he was going to do this. And he yeah. told them every press conference he said the election will be a farce. Yeah. And if it's, I don't win. It's, it's, I think he even said those words. The election will be fake, will be uh, uh, rigged if I don't win. Yeah, he's like a sort of caricature. Like if, if you asked a 15-year-old student at school, can you write me a play or write me a speech by somebody who is a narcissistic sociopath? Like they would come it's out with... Like Donald Trump, right? it's, it, well, it's exactly the same. Like... He he's so unself-aware he doesn't even realize that he's doing it. But like when they said about the midterms, I think it was, they sat him down in an interview and they said, if the midterms don't go well for Republicans, <laughs> I remember that. Will you accept that that is Trumpism sort of drawing to a close? And he was like, no, I don't think it will be anything to do with me if you know if people yeah. lose it. That won't be my fault at all. Yeah, and I'm if it goes well, fault. oh, well, it's definitely down to me then. Like, yeah. If I win, obviously it's down to me because yeah. uh, I will have been the factor in that in that win. Um, so it will it will all be down to me if we win. But if we lose, that, I mean that has that has nothing to do with me whatsoever. I, to actually say that it does make you wonder where's the self awareness. I don't think but they have he, it. Someone has prompted him to say that. That could not have possibly come out of that man's head, and he thought that was the proper thing to say. I think it was purposefully done. I wonder to what extent he is prepped, and because I get I he's highly prepped. Do you think? I think yeah. like the vibe I get from Donald Trump is that he just says whatever he likes at any moment that he thinks is it's going to be beneficial to him in that setting. I think we can. I think you can tell when he's being prepped when he's been prepped. Mm. I think it's very easy to tell when he's been proud. Yeah, uh, he he he's more um, flowy with his answers. Is that if he's rehearsed them uh, when he's a little bit put on the spot, he's a bit. Uh, 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 yeah, interesting. So, because like I I know when Steve Bannon was still working with him. Uh, it was Bannon's brain sort of behind a lot of the sloganeering, a lot of the uh, the Hillary Clinton bashing, the one-liners. Which he's just gotten in trouble for. Oh, really? Yes. No, um, do you follow a guy on TikTok called Muscles and Nursing? No. You literally need to follow him. I'll go and grab him. Yeah. Yeah, he, right, he, he he's brilliant. Uh, he's the mother of the House of Petty. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, he's gotten really, really into the whole political side of American politics. Uh, this is America, obviously, but he's a lot of his content is what and the way he presents it because he's a very uh, flamboyant gay man is as if, let me tell you the tea, it would seem that now Donald Trump. Has got has to pay now millions of of, of uh, dollars and fines. Yeah, because of the rhetoric against Hillary Clinton. That's um, and, and has to pay even Hillary's lawyers' fees. Yeah, oh fucking amazing. I mean, I like, this is the I thing. Mean, like, you don't hear about those things a lot, do you? But it was it. You know, he does bring you a source. He, uh, the the content creator will give you a source, and and this is what's going on. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the key thing, isn't it? Because it always feels like so much fuckery that takes place out there goes completely unpunished. There's never any repercussions to anything. People can just lie with impunity. Are. We don't hear about that. Yeah. 
uh, or things take fucking years to go through the courts because invariably these are quite wealthy people and they have high-priced lawyers and the lawyers just keep batting it back to each other. And um, so it's nice to hear that things yeah. are, I mean, it sounds like things are actually going to come knocking on his door. But then yeah. I thought that about the uh, the January the 6th stuff and the Mar-a-Lago raid of the sensitive documents. And now like every day that goes past, I'm like, nothing's gonna happen to him like it would be too politically sensitive to see uh an ex-president like actually convict like jailed maybe or bankrupted for this stuff they won't want to set that precedent so no realistically on planet earth probably nothing or very little will happen to him i hope i'm wrong yeah um i think uh i i will be very surprised if he's the republican candidate for the next election mm. i'd be very surprised if he is i think it will be ron santos um who is <sighs> nothing short of a nazi um and uh he's uh, another like anti-woke guy isn't he oh i mean the man wants to burn books and uh you know uh you know i banned the word gay in school <laughs> he's 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 literally crazy um, which is perfect for the Republican card. Um, if you can get Donald <laughs> Trump, why not get more crazy, get someone like DeSantis in, and uh, they've got a possible chance. But uh, I think I think uh, Democratic voters are going to make sure that the Republicans are not in any real power for quite a long time. <laughs> um, mm. I mean, it, it, the House changed with the most minute amount of, 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 uh, of seats, which is what it does every election cycle. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'll be surprised if there were, there's a Republican president anytime soon. Yeah. The, uh, um, uh, in regards to Donald Trump, um, I, I'd like to think that the American justice system will bring, will hold him to some serious account at some point. Mm. Yeah. Is before he dies or not? Who knows? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my faith, my faith in American justice is somewhat on the floor after OJ and Michael Jackson. But you know, let's let's hope. Let's stay yeah. positive. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, the American justice system has a lot of uh, flaws. There's yeah. No doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, uh, yeah. Listen, man. We we need to uh, we need to wrap this up. Um. Thank I'm you so sorry. much. Went a little over time. No, no, it's fine. It's all good. Um, thank you, thank you for joining me tonight, Scott Williams. Thank you. Um, thank you, thank you very much. If tonight has been a, a really enjoyable show, then I'll take all the credit for that. Uh, if it's been bad, obviously that's Scott's fault. Um, uh, a la Donald Trump. Um, I'll be back like next uh, next Wednesday for the solo show, uh, and I'll be back next Friday night with a guest who. I haven't looked at my calendar at all today, so I don't know who I've booked in for next week. <laughs> Whoever it is, I'm I'm sure I'm looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> uh, big shout out to the Patreons. I'll quickly run through your names uh, again now. Um, your support gives my funny bone a funny boner. Um, let's go through your names. Where are where, Why is this taking so long to like? Right, here we go. Right, so thank you so much once again to... This is like the end credits right now. Of the, I love of the it. Movie. Do it. Let's go. Um, so Anthony, Pingu, David, Alex, Chris and Rax, and then Ricardo, Silent, T-Rex, Oliver, Sarah and Kerry. Thank you so, so much. And uh, I'm looking forward to meeting a few of you at the gig with Super Tansky and Danny fucking Price. That's coming up on Saturday the... Sorry, not Saturday. Friday the 10th of February. Um, I'll be there. Scott's going to be there too. Marina Perkis and Gemma Forte have both got tickets also. Um, so, yeah, I think think we'll have a good crowd there. Uh, and hopefully, if my fucking Thursday night gigs keep going okay, then I might even have some new material to do for stand-up there. So so that's that's something to look forward to. Um, Definitely. I've seen they do stand-up guys. I, I would uh, 100% recommend seeing them. He's very funny. Thank you. Thank you. That's nice. Keep Keep feeding me that validation because I've had, like, last week... <laughs> the gig was quite tough. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, like I didn't die. I didn't bomb, but it was like, I'm used to going on like just before the break. And like when the room is warm and, and I went on first and it was a cold room and it was really fucking hard work. So uh, yeah, feed me validation. 
Um, hey, it is a great comic, guys. Like, I would come down to this. Let's sell out this show on the 10th of February. Thank you, man. Thank I you. I don't know if I buy a ticket, actually, while I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I'm still under some illusion I'm going to be on the guest list. Uh, but no, I know I'm not. So I better get, I better get a ticket to myself. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you'll have to talk about... Uh, talk to Tan about guest lists. I don't, I don't really know about it. I did. Yeah. She said no. Oh, man. <laughs> what, a, what a bitch. <laughs> Um, <laughs> fair enough she yeah. had a really good excuse for it obviously <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the little the little i have heard about it is sorry <laughs> like the little i know about the guest list is like it, it's i think we only get te- like it's 200 seats but we only get yeah, 10 and then i think that goes to like industry people like sort of newspaper people or, or that's whatever. exactly what she said yeah yeah Anyway, uh, this has been fun. Thank you so much. Uh, make sure you're following Scott Williams on uh, TikTok and you're on Twitter as well, but not so much. Is that right? Yeah, both are TGA1976. Um, I do tweet occasionally, um, but I do have like a bigger following. I usually use my TikTok a little bit more. Cool, so, cool. Well, I'll, uh, I'll make sure that... TGA1976. Yeah, I'll, I'll, make, I'll pop a link uh, to your TikTok profile in the, in the show notes and the, the tweets and stuff. Thanks once again to my guest tonight, Scott Williams, and I'll catch up with the rest of you on Wednesday for the solo show. Cheerio. Bye-bye.